Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band, full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more info. When you were, were faced with disease and starvation, the Americans brought food and medicine. When you had earthquakes and tsunamis and floods, the Americans came and helped you. And when you were threatened from outside, the Americans left the safety of their own homes to come and defend you. I will never apologize for the United States of America. That was a man I thought should be president. But of course, the collective sigh sounded something like this. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. That's, That's the bottom line. Nothing, nothing really matters. And that's why to, today to be listening to uh, some of the news stories that are out there that are based on listening to people who are either lying or who have uh, committed fraud or who at their best case scenario are corrupt to their very souls. And I'm talking about uh, Andy McCabe. I don't know about the rest of you, but I felt like uh, watching that 60 Minutes episode uh, of the interview with Andy McCabe, it was very similar to the um, sensation I have when I'm driving on I-95 and there's been a delay, and I finally get to the area where the accident has taken place, and as much as, and many times as I tell myself, I am not going to look at this, I'm just going to keep my eyes straight ahead, I don't need to see a car overturned or a truck on fire or any of that stuff. I'm going to spare myself that. I inevitably still glance over. And that's pretty much how I felt during this entire interview last night. First and foremost, he, if he's a liar, which he has been not just called out as a liar, but he's actually been brought up on charges and fired from his job because he was a liar. Why would he make this story up? You know, I keep trying to think. This story does not bolster what we now know was his intention. And that's amazing to me, that the media is running with that interview as if everything Andy McCabe does and says is good good to go. You know, take it to the bank. I don't feel that way. I have no reason to believe that he uh, is telling the truth at this point any more than I believe he was telling the truth, uh, you know, earlier. Not only that, but if that is the truth, then why isn't he in an orange jumpsuit? And why is Rod Rosenstein not in an orange jumpsuit? And for that matter, why is Jim Comey not in an orange jumpsuit? Instead, they're all writing books and making a fortune. You can't make this stuff up. Imagine trying to overturn an election and the 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 interviewer is acting as though uh, you know this is a legit story and that he can understand why why this person might actually want to upturn an election result you know because the interviewer agrees with him that somehow president trump is dangerous Well, he is dangerous. He's dangerous to the status quo. He's dangerous to business as usual in Washington. And look, I am not happy about the bill that was signed. Most of you understand that I'm not happy about that. And you know why. 
Uh, there, There's more than one poison pill in the bill. I looked at it very carefully over this weekend. And uh, I c- certainly couldn't read it all because here again, this is what they do. They drop a bill that would take, I don't know, maybe two days, three days, if you did nothing but read the bill, it would still take you three days to get through it. And that's without a second, um, you know, referencing or, or, or examining some of the things that you think might be um, less than truthful. No, just reading it would take that much time. And they got 18 hours. That's how much time there was from the time the bill dropped until the time they voted on it. When are we going to start insisting that nobody votes on a bill that they haven't read and studied? I don't care if it takes three weeks. They could have had a continuing resolution for a few days and allowed everybody to read the bill. But instead, they just plunge ahead and and they and they vote on it. And I know what I'm going to be. I was told this uh, during the Obamacare debates that don't worry, they have a staff and, uh, you know, they have 20 different people reading different parts of the bill. And then at the end, they give the uh, congressman or the senator a synopsis of what's in the bill everybody with their little moment of you know glory where they get to say well this is what it says about uh you know uh, ports of entry and this is how many agents can be hired and this is where we're going to have the fencing i mean that's not good enough really i i didn't send them up there so that they could have staffers make decisions on my behalf i sent them up there so that they could report back to me what was in a bill before they decided whether or not they were going to vote yay or nay. But they don't do that. Look, I know it's not a democracy and we don't each get a vote. That would be rather unwieldy in a nation this size. I get that. But at least shouldn't my representative come back to the community and say to me, this is what's in the bill. This is what, uh, you know, what we're looking at uh, as, as a way of circumventing you know, this this standoff or this showdown about the border wall. But no, they don't do that. No, th- that would be that would be too uh, democratic, I guess. I don't know. They just don't do that. And I'm sick of it. I really am. I looked at some of the uh, poison pills that were pointed out by the people who actually had read portions of the bill. And I'm not really sure, but I don't believe that mayors get to stop construction in their cities what they do get is a voice they get to weigh in on the process and there's also a period of time where the public is supposed to be given an opportunity to weigh in on that now should that be in the bill not in my opinion but it's there and we have to face it and we have to say to ourselves if you live in a city that is controlled by open borders people, then your mayor is going to lodge a complaint or, uh, or file a suit to keep a, ball f- a, a border wall from being built in your territory. You know, but it's your fault because you voted for him. Or it's your fault because you didn't have a candidate who could make a case for what you believe to be true. Look, I, I don't know. Um, you know, what every member of uh, Congress personally believes about the the border. They they make it pretty clear uh, how they're going to vote. But I don't know what their heart of hearts is because they change their mind all the time. At one point, Nancy Pelosi was like, oh, we got to get rid of uh, illegal aliens. At one point, Chuck Schumer said there's no way we should tolerate illegal immigration. You know, Barack Obama said that. They all said it once upon a time, but somehow... 
when push came to shove and they saw the Republicans take the House and then they saw the Republicans take the Senate and then they saw the Republicans and of all people, Donald Trump, take the White House, they said to themselves, how the hell do we stop this? You know, what do we got to do to get back in the business of winning elections? And they needed a voting block. And you and I both know this to be true. This is not some right-wing conspiracy, uh, you know, uh, whatever, theory. It's true. They view the illegal immigration population as future Democrat voters. And then the Republicans, who support this whole open border things, they view them as cheap labor. And if you've got both sides, both factions, uh, willing to, you know, literally throw out the American worker, throw out the rule of law and order, and cave to powerful interest groups and lobbyists, well, then what chance do we have? It's pretty pretty minimal. And when you have a media that will sell you what the uh, one particular perspective over and over again, regardless of the truthfulness of it, you know, we're in a, in a, in a battle we're in a ba- we're on the battlefield as abraham lincoln said the battlefield is still ongoing only now this battlefield um appears very lopsided it's not two sides arguing principle and and philosophy anymore it's now everybody against anybody who wants things to be just That's all I can call it. My perspective on illegal immigration, it has nothing to do with hate. It has nothing to do with intolerance. It has everything to do with with justice, with legal and safe, preserving this country, keeping the dream alive. And there is a concerted effort on the part of and I'm not even going to say mainstream, lamestream, none of that stuff, on the part of the media in almost its entirety, almost to a person, including the talking heads and the, the wah-wah-wah people on the Fox News Network and, 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 on, and in talk radio as well. There is this incredible desire to bring down this administration. And, and I've figured it out. Like, there's no question in my mind what they're afraid of. They're afraid of law and order. They're afraid of truth and justice. They're afraid of the American way. They don't think that's uh, progressive enough. They don't think it's going to stand us well in the community of, uh, of nations. Well, guess what? I don't want to be a member in good standing of the community of nations. I want to be a sovereign nation that everyone else is trying to emulate. Because if not, if they're not trying to emulate me, I don't know how many of you saw Life, Liberty, and Levin last night. Apparently it's bad. Uh, It's back. I don't know what happened. Um, I'm sure we'll find out today um, one way or another where Mark Levin has been for a couple of weeks. Um, I have a feeling it's not good news. But um, I watched this episode where he literally, first of all, he was talking with Jack Keene, a four-star general. A man I have a lot of respect for. 
a man who breaks it down in the easiest language to understand. And he's talking about very complicated uh, geopolitical issues and, and military and all the rest of it, which fascinates me anyway. But listening to him talk about uh, where this administration is with their policy and how they are being stymied every single day and how it's going to be very costly for our American experience. Let me tell you something about China. And I know that, uh, you know, there are those people out there who get, uh, you know, glazed over when I talk about these things, but I don't really care because if, if we don't talk about them, then we're not going to know what's going on. And what's going on is we now have major superpowers that are, are lunging, leaping ahead of us in so many ways. And if we continue to go in the path that we're going, they should leap ahead of us. How about that? What's the difference if communism is the world's largest superpower or even fascism is the world's largest superpower if we're going to be right alongside of them with some sort of so socialist utopian BS? You know, at, at that point, who cares? You know, I, I get it. You wouldn't care if you were the leader if you stink. And that's where we are. And I'm just going to keep talking about it and pointing it out to you so that you, um, you put on your, your, uh, your combat boots and you put on your helmet and you put on your sword and your shield because it's going to take a battle and we've got to win it. You know, it's this diminishing of our greatness that just disturbs me so much because if if we don't lead you know if this country is not in the forefront of the world as it has been his historically my whole life then who will be and are you willing to follow them because that's the scariest part for me is that i'm looking at the emerging superpower of china for instance and I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying my hardest, really, to think that it could end well. But I cannot convince myself of that. And, you know, when I look at the kind of human rights abuses that take place, when you have a communist government, no matter how many uh, allusions they make to, well, we're moving towards capitalism and blah, 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 you know, there is still an oppressive oppressive governing body called the Communist Party in China. And for us to just sort of, you know, minimize how that will affect everyone else is disingenuous at best and dangerous at worst. So I'm not willing to do that anymore. I, I'm, I'm going to be calling out things that are going to make make me unpopular in some circles, you know. Um, I'm not going to stand by like I did all uh, two weeks ago, okay. And I, I felt very strongly and I told the audience that I, ha I felt that there was just something terribly wrong with the story. And then as I began to look at it more closely with uh, Jesse Smollett's uh, claims, I said, boy, I'll tell you what's really disturbing me the most is if you look at a series of tweets that this guy, which, by the way, then immediately disappeared, has been tweeting about the president, you would ask yourself, like, um, to what lengths will he go? And so many of these other, uh, you know, 
resistance members to bring down this presidency and, and even to bring down this country. And I, my hope is that they won't go that far, right? That, that, that at some point they'll, they'll stop and think to themselves, is this, is this going to work? Is this something that we should be, um, should we be moving in this direction or could it, could it ruin the world? Not just our country, but could it ruin everything because we, uh, allow America to be diminished in the eyes of Americans. It's one thing to say, well, they don't like us abroad. You know, I'm not that concerned with how they like us or don't like us abroad because they don't determine our future. But when we don't like us, when we're raising an entire generation that thinks it's racist to pledge allegiance, we're in trouble. And we're going to need to have a conversation about this because I'm not interested in a race war, and that's the prediction. And that's apparently what um, what someone like uh, this Smollett, if it's true that he faked this hoax attack, then he's looking to start a race war. He doesn't care what it costs this country. we got to push back. We just have to. Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. every Friday night of the year. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are optional. Serve from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom, standards, party music, and German traditional. Full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more information. I'll tell you what makes me even angrier because of course it makes me angry that anybody would think it was um, appropriate to either exaggerate or or act- actually fabricate any kind of a racial incident which is designed if you have a big enough platform to uh, get a whole lot of people very upset you know the the series empire is super popular. You know, I know that my uh, my stepdaughter will race home from family dinners on Wednesday night to see the next episode, okay? Because we don't watch it, so she's got to eat dinner and bolt because she wants to watch it. It's a very popular show, especially among a certain age group. And they're not, you know, even that age group was a little bit um, reluctant to buy the whole story. I mean, they believed a lot of it, but but they were kind of curious to how the only part that wasn't on videotape was that 60 second where apparently um, Jussie Smollett was injured. What's, what's even more frustrating this weekend, what happened this weekend that really got me crazy, was you had this shooting in um, Illinois. You had a man walk into a suburban workplace with a handgun and he literally, you know, goes on a shooting rampage as he's being fired with a 40 caliber Smith and Wesson that he had purchased in 2014. Now, let me tell you why I get so angry when my congressman Ted Deutsch and all of these other, you know, gun rights act, gun uh, law activists 
jumped right on it and said, oh, you see, we need, we need, we have to have more gun control. First and foremost, Illinois happens to be one of the hardest places in the country to get a gun. Some of the strictest gun laws in the whole nation are, are in Illinois. Now, what's not true about Illinois is that um, enforcement takes place. Do you realize that the police knew, they said this, they knew that this guy, the shooter, I'm not saying his name, illegally owned a handgun years before he used it to murder the five people on Friday. They said that there is a state ban on violent felons owning guns. He was a violent felon. And yet, he bought this gun from a local dealer and then he applied, he, he, applied, he went to buy the gun, they make you wait five days, he gets the gun. He then applies for a concealed carry permit and that when you, get, when you apply for the CWP, they, they do a more intensive background check. And it's done by the police, the Illinois State Police at that point. And they found an aggravated assault conviction from 19, somewhere in, in the 90s from Mississippi, which meant that he was not legally allowed to own the gun that he had bought. Now, what do they do about that, right? Well, apparently, they say they send the letter. They notify you in a letter that you need to surrender your gun. But how do you prove that he ever even got that letter? You can't. And so he had a gun that he should not have had in a state where they have the strictest gun laws possible. And all I heard on Saturday and Sunday was, you see, more gun violence. This is the real crisis in America. It's this gun violence. How will, when will people wake up to the fact that those laws seem absolutely unable to stop these kinds of crimes. He died in a shootout with the police, right? But they knew. Here we go again. They knew that a dangerous man was in possession of a gun. You know, so what good is it? Just knowing just because you know, you know, subsequent to all this, I got a text message from a friend of mine who had to resubmit his application for his uh, concealed weapons permit. You have to renew it. Now, when I got my last renewal notification, I just went to the, um, the office here in Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, and we did it right on the spot. You know, they just uh, took my picture again and uh, printed out the card. I mean, I signed the, the same paperwork that I had signed originally, and that was it. I was on my way. Apparently now you, it has to, you know, there's a more rigmarole. And my friend was concerned that with the new um, FD, uh, yeah, FDA, is it FDA? No. What do we call her? The Commissioner of Agriculture, Nikki Freed, he's afraid he won't get it. Now, I pointed this out a couple of weeks ago that Nikki Freed is a gun law advocate. Nikki Freed does not like guns, and now she's in charge of concealed weapons permits, okay, because it falls under the Department of Agriculture for some ridiculous reason still.
So the other thing that I said, and, and it is a concern. I mean, I heard about it from the NRA. I've heard about it from gun advocates all, all over the country that this is a b- very serious tricky time in florida and we need to be uh vigilant and i i made a prediction and i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with that prediction you if nikki freed thinks she is going to impinge on the right of gun owners in the state of florida she needs to move to illinois where apparently you can try that stuff because it's not going to happen here it's just not and you don't want to turn people into criminals who are law-abiding citizens so any any illusion that they have that they can remove the guns from the American public needs to be dispelled immediately. First and foremost, there are too many guns. Too many guns in the hands of legal gun owners, too many guns in the hands of criminals. Just too many guns to try any kind of confiscation, even limited confiscation, not going to work. And I've always said, you know, I have a T-shirt that reads, um, want to play cowboys and liberals? Uh, guess who's got the guns? You know, you just, you're not going to be successful in ta- challenging and taking on Second Amendment advocates. And I don't care what happens um, I have seen horrendous shootings. We all have. We had uh, an absolutely horrific shooting in our backyard one year ago. The kind which makes you weep when you think of those young lives and those faculty members that were cut down in the prime of their life. It makes you cry. But it is not because there is an insufficient amount of gun control in the state of Florida. That was not why it happened. What there is an insufficient amount of is the will to confront the fact that we cannot enforce the very laws that we have. That we knew, we had heard over and over again. Look, I I keep telling the story. I knew within minutes of the shooting that day, I was on the air, and within minutes I had received a text message from someone whose family member who was now up in uh, college, had been a Stoneman Douglas um, high school graduate the year before, knew exactly who, who, who was involved in the shooting. The kids in the school knew. The teachers knew. The principal knew. The school resource officer knew. The sheriff's department knew. The FBI knew. And they did not use the law to their advantage. They did not intervene when they could have because of this incredibly stupid idea that has taken over in education circles, as well as in law enforcement circles. Let me tell you right now, you're going to see a big change in the Broward Sheriff's Office. Not big enough for me, but big. Because this nonsense of worrying so much about the uh, pipeline from uh, school to prison that people are so concerned about and are so convinced is just some another form of racism um, You have very, very dangerous and sick young people who have access to weapons and who, until um, we confront those 
problems head on instead of uh, well don't don't give them uh, don't give them an arrest we don't want them to have an record no 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 we don't want anything like that to happen so we'll just uh, we'll put them in a special school for a while and then after the special school fails to make a real difference we'll have to put him back into the other school and then eventually he'll age out that's what happened with the shooter he aged out of a system that didn't attend to him properly so when you tell me you want more gun registration, more gun, um, you know, laws like they have in Chicago or or anywhere in the country where you see a, a great deal of gun violence, forgive me, but I'm going to roll my eyes because that's not what's going to stop this. Part of the problem that we have to confront today, and I know people really don't want to confront this at all, is we live in a culture of death. We've created a culture of death. Our young people uh, think nothing about death. They play games where they kill. They, they watch shows where people are killed constantly. And all of it put together makes a very, very uh, dangerous cocktail. They are taught from very early on, as soon as they become sexually active, not to worry that we have many ways for them to be as uh, promiscuous as they want. And if, if, you know, something happens and you just forgot and blah, 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 um, we have a safe and legal way for you to kill your baby. That's what we've taught them. Okay? And now you want to sit here and lecture me about gun control? Please. We have a moral bankruptcy problem in this country. We have a culture of death. And until we address that, I don't care how many laws you have, you'll never be able to enforce them. Welcome back to this portion of the Joyce Calvin Show. Boy, this day is going fast. And, you know, on the ride up here, I'm trying to figure out what, you know, why why there's school in one county and not in the other t- county. It's, uh, it's kind of bizarre to me that uh, the two side-by-side counties would have a different schedule. First and foremost, uh, banks are closed today, and that should dictate everything <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, right? guess you can still make your deposits at your ATM machine or whatever else. But, uh, you know, it's um, it really is uncomfortable in, in many ways to have to talk about this uh, fake. What was that? <laughs> this sort of fake um, or at least poorly represented crime that took place with this actor i mean i i I wouldn't have known jesse smollett if i um if i fell over him you know i i don't watch the show i you know i just had no idea i didn't know that he was uh gay i don't know any of that stuff he's just not a a player on the scene that's big enough for most of us to know who he was and the more i kept looking at this uh allegation the more i was unsettled by it i mean you know first and foremost people this is my opinion right and and it's 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 an opinion people who would do anything like what was described you know the kind of person who would put a noose around a black man's neck 
and call him the N-word and, and you know, the, the homophobic slurs and all that other stuff, don't leave the scene of the crime so quickly. They, they actually um, are, are twisted in a way that you, you just, you know, I, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around how, how sick some people are. But, but I've lived long enough to know that there are some really sick people out there, people who just hate. I've been surprised to find out over the last three years how some people who I thought, you know, were just misguided in their politics actually hate in a way that I never could have imagined. You know, the, I don't know who this Ellen Page is, but apparently it's another actor, actress person who uh, came out and blamed Mike Pence for the attack against Jesse Smollett. Yeah, because somehow Mike Pence who has a biblical perspective on uh, same-sex marriage, he forced some guys to go in and commit this hate crime. And the thing was viewed by like a gazillion people. I mean, she has a lot of followers, apparently. I may not know who she is, but everybody else seems to. Now, does anybody really think she's going to back away from it? You know, it, it, all we know and this this much we do know that they identified the two guys who were in the only video that exists in the proximity of where the crime is said to have taken place there is video of the victim the alleged victim and there's video of these two uh, sort of nefarious looking guys and the police pushed that to put that together. And by the way, I heard Jesse Smollett say, those are the guys, those are the guys, okay? So they put it together and they find out who the guys are and they track them down when they come back home from Nigeria where they went and they find out that, um, that they actually know him. One of them is his personal trainer. And, uh, and, and he said it was white guys in MAGA hats, you know? And now we know that's not true, so... What are we supposed to believe? <laughs> a hoax turned bad is what I think happened because I don't think Jesse ever thought in a hundred years that people were going to come looking for the truth and that these two bros were going to turn on him like uh, like a left turn in in South Florida.